Well, what's free to you? What's, what's free to me? Yeah. Same thing it is to you. You tell me. No, no, you tell me. <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> I've been talking for such a long... It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. It's like, how do you tell somebody how it feels to be in love? How are you going to tell anybody who has not been in love how it feels to be in love? You cannot do it to save your life. You can describe things, but you can't tell them. But you know it when it happens. That's what I mean by free. I've had a couple of times on stage when I really felt free. And that's something else. That's oh. really something <laughs> else. Like all, all, like, like, I'll tell you what freedom is to me. No fear. The culture of it. We're bringing them the culture of it. I feel it's our time. Two G's in a pod. There's nothing we can't talk about. We can cover anything. We're well versed. That's real. Two G's in a pod. The thing about me and you is, it's a respect thing. Goldfinger, my man G. What up, G? They not have two. Two G's in a pod. Anything you say once, you best be able to say it twice or don't say it. I believe that. Two G's in a pod. Good people, good people, good people, good people. Once again, it's the infamous Iron Glenn, and to my left sits who? Goldfinger, what up, G? You know what's up. Back at it once again, every week, like we always do. Two G's in a pod, y'all. Real talk. We speak on it. We talk about it. What's on your mind? Ain't shit, man. I'm just, um, just chilling. For some weird reason, I'm really calm right now. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I have no idea. You know, if you're Bruce no Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk, my favorite superhero, it'd be a good thing. Hey, yo, speaking of Bruce Banner, yeah. when is Marvel going to put out some fucking... New content? Yeah, I'm man. seriously tired of paying for fucking Disney Plus, and they haven't given me nothing but all the movies that I've already seen. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of jip. I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 feeling like I'm being robbed in my own house every month. Yeah, and you would think that with this whole pandemic thing, that they, they would pull out some type of bonus cuts or some type of. They can at least give us some real, real cartoons, if nothing else. You can still do cartoons because people can do their fucking voiceovers from anywhere now. Yeah, but that cartoon shit takes like three, four years though. Nah, not with the digitized shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. I ain't going to argue with you. But we need something. Yeah, we need something. We need something new. I'm sorry. I I don't mean to take it out of you. I'm just frustrated, man. No, it's okay. You can take it out of me. Sometimes I can be your sounding boy. Disney better give me something for this motherfucking money we paying, yo. Even though we are sharing accounts. (laughs) (laughs) Shh. Edit. Edit. <laughs> Regardless, they better uh, give us something for this money we yeah. splitting, uh, paying uh, every fucking month. Uh, we need something. For real. We need for something. Real. So, I would tell you what's on my mind. Everyone's been talking about it. It's out there. It's the WAP. W-A-P. W-A-P. As in Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Wet ass pussy. 
we ain't playing. However you want to use the acronym, these two ladies decided to unleash that. Okay, well, here's what I think. I'm listening. I think coming from the school of two live crew. Correct. I can't really be mad. That's what that was my dilemma. It was like we come from the era of two live crew. NWA. NWA. Too short. Uh, Millie Jackson. <laughs> Millie, definitely Millie Jackson. Akinelli. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We come from that era. So I had to question myself, am I being the old fogey stogie? Yeah. But I think my dilemma was the timing. Right now, we're in this age of, of, of black consciousness. We're in this age of where we're trying to keep this movement going as a people and say, okay, this stops. This is what we're trying to do. That's where I have a problem with it. I think, you know, I think the timing is off. So what you're saying is you're thinking that this may be undermining a little bit of the efforts of well, black. still people can subconsciously be agents of distraction, agents of destruction when we're trying to continue a movement. Not to say that they purposely put it out to kind of curtail the movement, but the people that's behind them and the people that's going to push that are saying, you know what, we got this song. They're pushing whole shit. Slut shit, whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever, you know, if it's a woman being a woman, so I'm not even going to put those type of labels on it. I'm just saying what people are saying. We're going to push that to kind of distract and curtail that movement. Well, you understand in, the same, in the same vein that they, they can do that, they can also pull or, you know, push, you know, from the male rappers, destruction, selling drugs, killing people. Same thing. So I take it with the same type of regard. You right. know what I mean? Um, as far as this song, I just don't think it's a really good song. I think I'm more offended by that. And well, you're a DJ, so you're looking at it from that standpoint. But I'm looking at the song as that chant. There's some holes in this house. There's some yeah. us being from the motherland. We know the, the, the effects of music, the effects of chance, how now it can become a subconscious thing where it's like, it's like almost like a march. You understand? Yeah. So I understand what you're saying where it's not really a good song. And, you know, I respect your music yeah, probably more than anyone's. No, nah, I totally get what you're saying about this as far as subliminally it could be a very um, hypnotizing type of thing. The mindset of the youth now are so easily influenced. Whether that chant can become subliminal. Because you got chicks out there saying, oh, they done freed my inner hole. There's a lot of girls out there that say that. But then again, you look, 
you know, when you we we surf Instagram and Twitter and things like that, you'll see videos of kids, girls on strip poles with their kids in the background. Yeah. You understand? So, you know, it's it's the mentality because they're so easily influenced and they're so easily corrupted. I think that the timing is is bad. I think I think if you were just to read the room a little bit, right? It does seem a little ill-timed, but my thing is I just think it's a really bad song. I just I think that it's Good too video. explicit. <laughs> I think it's too explicit. With just it's like it's almost explicit for the sake of being explicit. Well, remember, yeah, it's like they almost pur- they purposely went over the top. Yeah, but you know what? We're men of a certain age where we appreciate lingerie because it leaves something to the imagination. We appreciate someone dressed up wearing something nice and being like, you know, unwrap your gift, unwrap this. Yeah, it's I, almost like they just jumped out butt naked was like, here. Yeah, but it's like even if you have ranch, you can have ranch and then it still be done in a tasteful way. It could be raunchy. It could be tasteful raunchy. You feel it was distasteful raunchy. Yeah, it's kind of like sex on the subway. It just felt like that. Dirty? <laughs> it just, no, it just felt like. Unnecessary, sex on the subway is dirty. Un- unnecessary. Just unnecessary. Like, nigga. You know? Right. It just felt like it was just. I'm going to curse, so I'm going to say the nastiest shit just for the sake of saying I'm said the nastiest shit. That, I think, was the purpose. There was no, um, um, there wasn't I, much thought process. But I don't, I don't think it was, it. I don't think it was with the intent of shock and awe. I think it was, that's just what we're going to do and it's just going to be the nastiest. Or thing. maybe they're trying to normalize shock and awe. And that's why I think that it was a bad song because it's almost normalized. It's like, it's, it's almost so done that you become numb to it and right. it doesn't become anything that can give you a feeling. Well, we've become desensitized to a lot of things. Whereas, you know, we, are, we have so much information. We have so much access to porn, violence, and things like that is concerned. The majority of us in society as a whole, it's, it, it actually means nothing. All right, so the last record that kind of had this kind of feel to it, Song of the Summer type thing, was Act Up, City Girls. Right. right? Now, that song was kind of clever. It wasn't as raunchy Mm -hmm. as this song, in essence, is. It's like, it's a curse. And it's very um, visually lurid. You know what I mean? It's right. just, just really explicit. Really explicit. And it's like, if you think of the nastiest little Kim song. Right. It ain't really that nasty. Now it's not even... It Compared was, to that. It was, it was shocking when little Kim said, taking the butt, yeah, yeah, what? But it wasn't like it was... Every line was, yeah, take it in the butt. Then I'm, then I'm going to slurp it off and I'm going to do this. And I, it, it just right, seemed right, like right. it was... It was. She was selective with where she put right. her Right, it, it, it was... Because she was, was still rhyming. She was still rhyming and it was like, this is a... This is like... It's like you're narrating a porno. I agree. To a beat. I agree. That's you're narrating it, a porno to a beat. Yeah, that's, that's what it... Shout out a, to Lil' Kim, by the way. Yeah, shout you know out to Lil' Kim. Brooklyn, Brooklyn in the house. Um... Yeah, it felt like they literally just narrated a porno. 
And just put a beat you know, to and it. like I said, in my this is just my opinion, and when we speak, we speak for ourselves. I just think with everything that we're trying to do with uh, getting police reform, um, striving for reparations, trying to uplift us as a people, trying to you know change the mindset of us as a people. I just think the timing was bad. Yeah, I think it's a read the room type of situation where it's just like it just seemed a little overdone and then you start to get into their situations personally like you know cardi b was campaigning for bernie sanders and you're supposed to take her opinion with you know with some type of levity right meg the Stalin just gets shot a couple of In weeks ago <laughs> stop that's, that's, stop that's, you. and then the next time you, and then the next time you see us she there's some holes in this house yeah so i'm like it just it just feels like forced. So the narrative is is that um I don't care for Jay Z. That's the narrative you've been pushing since we started this podcast. I mean I joked about it. You not that you don't care for him, because he's from Brooklyn. You prefer Biggie. I prefer Biggie. But yeah. I like Jay Z as well. Gotcha. Well, this is the anniversary of... Hip-hop. Well, today is hip-hop's birthday. Happy birthday to hip-hop. Big up to us. Yeah. Yeah, as a collective. Happy and this birthday. week is the anniversary of Watch the Throne. It is? One of the most heralded collabo albums. Yes, it was. It, 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 it has some bangers on it. It definitely did. Big up to Jay-Z and Kanye. Now, check this out. Here's my, here's my question. Speak. Who would be your best of both world combo of the acts that are out now that you think that would be comparable to a Watch the Throne type of title? See, for me, that's actually the wrong question to ask me. Why I'm not that? really... Um, I listen to more old school shit than I listen to new school shit. True. Like, I love the baby. I think he's fucking hilarious. I don't even know if he's trying to be funny, but I think he's fucking hilarious. He's entertaining, definitely. Yeah, he's he's very entertaining. So, for me, he, he's he's hilarious. You know, I watched the uh, the verses with Rick Ross and 2 Chains. It was right. terrible. Fucking terrible. You're talking about two dudes that have major hits, but it was terrible. So, for me, to ask me... Like all these other new dudes, it's like, I don't, I don't, I'll hear their songs. I'm not going to turn it off, but I'm, I'm, I like old school music. I like okay. old school rap. So let's, let's do that. What two artists do you think would be a collabo for you? For me. A best of both worlds type of, type of situation. Uh, rap? Anything. Rap? I think Big and Jay made great music. But anybody, anything with big on it is going to wind up being great. Nigga, I said today. Damn. I can't bring no one back from the dead? No. Like my man head said, resurrected of the dead, <laughs> my eyes are bloodshot red. I walk the streets raising hell with pins stuck in my head. Still one of the hardest lines. Big up to my man Headstrong. Still one of the hardest lines I've ever heard. Uh, today. Today. Today, 
Who would be? Oh man, that's that's difficult. I'm gonna let you go first. Let me think about it. Who would you choose? I think for sheer wow factor, right? And being that they have done songs together, uh huh. I think Drake and Rihanna would be a really good best of both worlds. As a, could you take a whole album of them? I think so. Really? I think so. You know why? Because they're pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake does his R&B joints. He does. He does his hard shit. He does. Rihanna. Rihanna. Harder Jace. Harder Jace. It's like a, Jace. like a tough teddy bear. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's harder Jace, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, he's just not... Comp- and uh, he makes great music, but as far as... Portraying a certain image, he's just not convincing to me. Okay. So I'll say harder, Jace. Okay. Like a like like a, a thugged out teddy bear. <laughs> like, ah, oh, just shut up. Come here. Come here. Let me ah, let me hug you. You know what I'm saying? So I say harder, Jace. Rihanna, she does pop songs. She, yes, she does. She's she can, phenomenal at she pop songs. She can do hip hop. And she does R&B. And she smokes weed. And she smokes weed. And she does reggae as well. That is true. I mean, I mean with both of them, you got... Almost every base covered. So I would like that as a best of both worlds. World. Album. Like a and whole, they have chemistry. They do have chemistry. So there's a whole album of them. Hmm. I can go with that. I can go with that. With me, it's like if you, even when you constantly ask me, I'm still going to start um, pulling old school people. Because I'll still say... Mary and Meth. Mm. I think they have phenomenal chemistry. I think I can take a whole album of them too. That's you know, not bad. Um, I mean, personal choices aside, fucking R. Kelly and pretty much anyone. Wow. You can't take away the music that he was able to create. You know, you got to separate the pervert from the from the from the music is that possible nope you know what you can separate him from earth is a bullet (laughs) but just musically speaking him and anyone you know what i'm saying he was he was like you can't take away hit for hit who can stand against him i got uh chills up my spine Uh i saw a flyer for a possible Versus matchup, Anita Baker versus Sade. <sighs> Anita Baker and Sade, two women I hold in high regards as far as singing. But for me, you know, the queen of soul is the ultimate voice. But that would be a nice battle. I think that that would be a nice best of both worlds. Yeah, you uh, an album with them two together. I mean, they're both still here, so it's still a possibility. That would be epic. That would be epic. That would be epic. See, most of the favorite like male singers um, are, are gone, like the real powerful ones. Right. Like we was having, like last weekend, I had people over, and we were having a discussion on uh, the guys that were here loved Luther. Right. Right? And I love Luther, don't get me wrong. Right. But they were like, I said, someone mentioned Marvin Gaye, and they was like, Luther would wash him. What? That's what I said. So I was like, okay, let's say he did wash Marvin Gaye. 
I will put Teddy Pendergrass hit for hit against Luther all day long, and Teddy would smoke him. You know what? I would give you that. Right? I would give you that. And they were looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, yo, y'all got to remove y'all fandom and your love for Teddy, I mean, for, for Luther, and listen to Body Works. So then I just started playing songs of both back to back. And they were like, all right, we get it. Because they just kept saying, like, you know, they, you got, you got, you got what I need. And I was like, yo, just because he's scared women out of their drawers <laughs> don't mean this motherfucker couldn't sing. Yeah. They was like, well, Luther, you wanted to make love to his music. I was like, yeah, but no one is responsible for more babies than Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy P. The dude did a concert in Madison Square Garden filled it with women. All women. He's the precursor to R. Kelly. Without the pervert. Without the pervert. <laughs> Allegedly. I mean, if you watch the documentary on Teddy P, the uh, person that he was in the car with was a friend of his. Everyone in the industry knew him. There was nothing going on, but it was portrayed like it was. You know how they like to demasculate uh, uh, dominant male figures. So they went with that story as opposed to telling the truth. But the documentary told the truth. So, you know, as far as, like I said, I'll take R. Kelly and someone, then I'm going to beat him up after because he's a fucking pervert. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But I like Rihanna and Drake. I like that. Uh, like I said, Mary and Meth, I think they had phenomenal chemistry. You know, and you'll get real good music. You won't get um, um, gratuitous nonsense. Like mm. WAP was. Two Jesus in a pod. So I'm thinking, where is the point where we come to, we can't defend something? We've heard celebrities get in contact or get in trouble and heard stories of them may have rapey behavior. We've, we've heard celebrities that have had pedophilia behavior. Right. We've heard uh, entertainers that have murdered people, have, have done all types of heinous things. Right. And some way, they have a way to explain it out. We give them the chance to explain it out. Well, remember, they explain it to their peers, which basically means their peers are probably also involved. Which, which they may couldn't, be true. They couldn't sit in here with us and be like, well... This is what happened. Now, look, look, to be fair, we're not judging jury. I, we're speaking for ourselves. Yes, we, we are. We're speaking for ourselves. But I'm just saying, as a society, when do we get to the point where that shit is just like, we, we can't defend that type of behavior? Like I said, or like you just said, when they're talking to their peers, and they're speaking amongst themselves. Because they'll always quick to, they'll run to Oprah. They'll run to Jimmy Kimmel. They'll run to Ella Degenerate? Degenerate? Call it what you want. They'll, you know, they'll literally run to their peers who will give them a platform to explain it. And they'll never push back. All right. What about as a society or us as a people? Black people. Right. 
when do we get to the point where we just say that behavior is not acceptable anymore? I don't think pedophilia and, 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 and rape and things like that was ever really accepted. It can't be accepted, as far as I'm concerned. It should not be accepted in any community. You have countries that are now, Greece, um, deemed it a, a mental condition. And some people have ran to that country. You know, they're trying to, and it's like I hate rehashing old topics, but right now that's one of the things that's just constantly prevalent in everything that's going on. And it's crazy how a lot of it's not really being talked about in the mainstream media. They're constantly pushing the, the, the pandemic and the, 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 the effects of the pandemic. They're constantly, constantly pushing that. All right, but what about the stuff that's happening in our communities, like the murders, the 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 law the lawlessness? Do we ever get to the point where we like, yo, enough is enough? We and you been with enough is enough, because we started talking from we were talking to black people. This wasn't for y'all, but niggas need to knock that shit off, because at some point it's like, are you not? smart enough to question yourself and be like, what the fuck am I doing? At some point, you need to ask yourself that question, what the fuck am I doing? I've known dudes that I've known for years that we've lost contact. I got back in contact with them and they're doing the exact same shit that we were doing 20 years ago. They're still doing the same shit. And I'm like, at what point, what the fuck, don't you want something else? Don't you want something better? All right. Can you say that about black people as a whole? I can only go on a case-by-case basis, an individual case-by-case basis, you right. know, because I'm speaking for people that's like within my immediate circle. All right. But, but as a whole, and we, we're, we're talking about more so how we are treated. It's not a singular thing. It's not an individual thing. No. We have to think as a whole if we want to talk about anything substantial. We're talking about reparations. If we're talking about the wealth gap, if we're talking about our place in society and how we're viewed, we can't attack attack it as individuals. We have to think of the whole. So at what point do, as a whole, do we start holding ourselves accountable for what we deem not responsible behavior. See, that's the thing. If we go on an individual basis, basis of what is acceptable and what's not. You have a son. You know what's acceptable and what's not. I have two daughters. I know what's acceptable from them and what's not. What I'm not tolerating from them. Period. So, we have to think with the collective in mind, but everybody as an individual has to do their part. You feel what I'm saying? So it's not like I can come in and discipline everyone. But if I discipline my child, you discipline your child, they discipline their child, and everybody on the block disciplines their child. That discipline now becomes the new accepted behavior, not the nonsense that they've been doing. Okay, I, I, I dig that, and I, I, I agree. I totally get what you're saying, as far as when do we as a people say enough's enough, everyone has to start doing their part. 
right, but I'm saying with with that being said, there's a mind state that goes along with what you're saying as far as with the discipline. There is. We can't have the discipline without the mind state. Man, you can't have people who never had discipline teach discipline. Right, but you also That's can't. That's one that whole, you know, I hate to go back and say the, the kind of, the crack era, which kind of ruined a generation. And it destroyed a generation that would have, at some point, instilled discipline in their child. You had kids running around with their mothers and dads on the street fucking smoked out. Kids at home raising themselves. But now those kids now have kids. And if those kids whose parents were strung out was never taught discipline and never had discipline, how do you expect those kids that have kids now to teach discipline? Well, if they're outnumbered or if they're out pretty much shunned out of the situation, then I think a lot of the stuff won't go on. It's like we're giving country to lawless behavior. We're giving country to reckless behavior. Literally, then, that's what it feels like. It feels like, like I haven't felt New York feel like this since late 80s, early 90s. I've never had that feel since, you know what I'm saying? What it feels like now feels like late 80s, early 90s with how the shooting's going on. You would think that there's no cameras nowhere. You would think that there's no, well, there is no police presence because they they're choosing to boycott in their own way. They're only showing up to put out tape. They're not showing up to to prevent crimes, which majority of the time they only investigate crimes. They don't really stop crimes. We had this conversation before, um, but now they're just literally not showing up. They're like, "Fuck it." Yeah, but you know, you have to look at it like this. If we're saying as a whole, we want to defund the police and stuff of that nature. Right. Where's that going to lead you if you're allowing the type of lawlessness and the type of mind state behavior that we have with each other? That's the thing. We go with, be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. And now you're getting a taste of what it's going to be like. Because we went from, in New York, where we would have like one to two shootings, maybe three a month, to four to five every couple of days. So that brings me back to my question. When does enough become enough for us as a people? As far as I'm concerned, speaking for us, enough's been enough. So we're asking that question to y'all. When's enough's enough? Chicago is on fire, right? The way I'm looking at Chicago's it, on fire. The way I'm looking at Chicago right now is that they're not too. How do you say it? they're not too foreign from what's going on in major cities that have a large black population, right? So when does it become a situation where it's not just, oh, that's just Chicago? It should never be like that about any area where it's, that's just them. That's what they do. You know, they have to ask themselves, just like us here, because like I said, 
you know, we're not on their level as far as the, the shootings and the murders. We ain't that fucking far behind now. So we have to ask ourselves here when, boom, when is enough enough? And they got to ask themselves, what the fuck are we doing? When is enough going to be enough? They got to ask themselves that. Because at some point, you're going to run out of motherfuckers to shoot, you would think. Right? You would think that, you know, okay, you killed them because you killed him. Well, we're going to kill you because you killed them. We're going to kill you. But at the same time you're doing this, it's like point and shoot. Because one, they don't know how to shoot. So it's like if I see a crowd and I'm just going to point and spray, no matter who's going to get hit, you get a whole bunch of innocent motherfuckers getting hit. And you may hit the dude you do, you aiming at. Nine times out of ten, you don't. So now they're looking for you because you just shot this innocent motherfucker and that shit is not going to stop. So at some point, you got to ask yourself, when is enough's enough? Even here, we got to ask ourselves, when is enough enough? Now, a lot of this shit here, just like there, is gang-related. But my thing is, you fighting over land you don't own. Most dudes here are fighting over projects. Not even blocks. It's not even like you own a house on a block. You're fighting over a project. You don't own that. So, and a project is just what it is. Think of the name of the concept. It's a project. What's a fucking project? It's a fucking experiment. They take you, they put you in a fucking environment that should be controlled, should be contained. And you can be easily monitored. Niggas need to wake up. So it goes back to enough's enough. Because as far as we're concerned, enough's been enough. She. You know, it's amazing to me that um, things are happening... And um, it's kind of like what you always say. It's like what you see and what you saw. Correct. What you hear and what, what you, you heard. heard. The crazy thing is this. Something I always say. Crazy Which thing. is this. Because shit's crazy. Yeah. Um, there was a shooting in front of the White House yesterday. While the president was inside the White House yesterday. Holding a press conference. And it was barely mentioned. It was only mentioned shortly after. And I haven't heard anything about it on the news today. So my thing is this. Go ahead. What in the fuck are they preparing us for? I don't know. I don't know. You saw I'm reading The Art of War and uh, important excerpts from Marcus Garvey because I'm trying to prepare my mind for whatever's coming because the storm's fucking coming and a lot of motherfuckers ain't prepared. I don't think that we as a country have been prepared for what is on the horizon. Um, I think that we're in pioneering times. I think that with the advent of social media and the information era that we get news when we get it. Right. 
at an all-time high and how fast we get it, it's amazing that a story like this would go under the radar. The bigger thing, even along with, and we we constantly talk about it because we both have kids, the Glenn Maxwell thing is not getting the coverage. It should be covering. And if that is all connected, that would even be even scarier. Would you be surprised? No. I would be surprised if I was surprised. I'll tell you what my mom always tells me. Always expect the unexpected, then nothing will ever surprise you. That's a jewel. She always told me that. And she also said, when you know where a person's coming from, they can't pull nothing on you. So we know six entities control all the news we consume, with the exception of individual podcasts, big up to us, two G's in a pod. Um, things that happen on social media, that's why they have these fact checkers, checkers and things like that that question people's opinions, people's thought processes. They won't let you post certain shit, you know, or they try to prevent you from posting certain shit. So for them to try and control everything that we consume from the, the, the mass media is easy because you got six entities that control it all. So my thing is not so much the six medias because, you know. Well, it's, multi, it's multimedia. Yeah. But it's six. Six controlling companies. Six controlling yeah. entities yeah. that handle everything. Right. My thing is the fact that the leader of the free world, as he is so commonly called, was in jeopardy for whatever slight jeopardy, little jeopardy, big jeopardy. We didn't jeopardy, hear, jeopardy. We didn't hear anything. Oh, fucking peep. After. Oh, fucking Pete. So my thing is where everybody else is so silent on everything else and so loud on other things. This shit doesn't add up. Nothing that's been happening the last five months adds up. Nothing. We live in um, crazy town as a whole. That's what we live in right now. Crazy town. If you go to... Right now, they're about to send kids back to school. So you're saying it's okay to send kids back to school, yet we still can't sit in restaurants, bars, or gyms. So in my opinion, what are they saying? Fuck the kids. That's what they're saying. Right? Because how do you expect... When you see two kids that haven't seen each other in a long time, what do they do? They run to each other and embrace. How are you going to stop that? Well, bigger than that, and not to diminish the, what we feel about kids or whatever, but you're also sending them to school and you're leaving the parents to have to worry about how they're going to adjust to now having to go back into the workplace or not being able to go back into the workplace. workplace? Well, I'm actually keeping my oldest home. And it's not for the reason of corona. I'm keeping her home from the byproduct of corona, which is 
you have motherfuckers that are actually going to run around in masks and try and take advantage of the fact that they have on a mask. So I'm keeping her home for that aspect, not because I'm in fear for her going to school and, and, and possibly contracting the pandemic, but the people that's going to use the ability to have on a mask to do other things. Wow, I never thought of that. And most people aren't, and they're not even mentioning that. But my thing is, you know what? I'm going to go on and leave you home. You'll be at home. I'm going to be here most of the time anyway. And you'll do your homeschooling then until this mass shit is over and done with. Because we were talking about it earlier. I'm done with it. Nah, I hear you. Um, I wouldn't have too much faith on the school system. And that's no disrespect to the teachers. That's no disrespect it's not the to teachers. the teachers. Yeah, I've listened no- to, to the wife talk to all the um, administrators. And it's like, they don't ask the teachers nothing. Nothing. They're not asking their opinion on nothing. They're trying to implement a system. The higher-ups are trying to implement a system that they're not going to see through themselves. It's like the teachers are the fucking Marines. Drop them off, let them do their thing. Well, the teachers have been highly ignored for years and years and years. and Correct. Abandoned. For years and years. And at the at the end of the day, like I was saying, no disrespect to the teachers, but they look at the situation in the school system as numbers. They look at it as numbers. Right. And you're, you're a number. And they look at the students as numbers, too, because it's like you're a statistic and how you're graded is statistics. And it comes down to the numbers. If you don't meet those numbers, then... You get shipped out or you get pushed through or it's no real, it's it's a dehumanization of the school system. But think about it. They're allowing kids to go back to school. We can't, we still can't go sit in a restaurant. Think about that. We can't go sit in a bar. You can't go to the gym and work out. But like or I said, you can send kids to school. But like I said, I don't think that the schools are looking at it as, oh, Raymond is having to go back to grade four. I think they're looking at it as that 35 fifth grade students are going to be there. And I think it's just numbers. I don't think they actually care. I think it's almost uh, a model similar to, and I hate to say this, but it's almost a model as like prison. If they have the bodies to put in there, they'll be counted for, and it is what it is. Well, you remember they say from, what is it? From some, the, the, the train, the pathway from school to prison, they kind of set you up for that. Yeah. You understand? So what you're saying is not far-fetched. Um, you know? As a youth, I got most, and I would have to say, most of my education from the fact that I had three brothers and two sisters that were older than me. So I was pretty much learning on a higher clip because I was getting their work and I was doing stuff that they would give me and they just, I guess, assumed that I should know it because they knew it. Right. So I'm in the same, like, we and you both the youngest. Yeah, so basically. We, we fall into that same line where we got educated 
more three so, times. Yeah, from more our so, parents. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. our siblings. Yeah, and, and from the school system. So, so with that intensity of of getting that type of knowledge and then maturing in that type of way, right? It's different. Now, I think that they've kind of regimented the schools to where you have to be there to get it their way and even like there's new math like shit like that like you know, you know how hard I struggled with the new math helping my kids one I'm not a fucking math whiz like math was always um, my 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 Achilles heel and I don't understand that because you're actually pretty good at math yeah I'm good at counting money. Yeah. It's a difference. Yeah. Well, that's math. It's a difference, that's, which is math. That's math. But, you know, until I got the concept of the new math, I was struggling helping my daughter with the concept of the new math. And I think that everybody would struggle with it because if you're not being introduced to it, like from a teacher that would right. tell you that approach, you know, we're doing regular lives and stuff like that. And now you kind of got to catch up with something that is foreign to you, and it goes against everything that you've taught in the home. Right. So that in itself is pretty weird. Like, the new math just came out within the last 10, 10 years or so? Say about 10 years. About 10 Why years. would they introduce something like that that goes against so much of... Tradition? Or yeah. not tradition, but what is what we knew as normal. I don't give a fuck how you get to the number. Numbers don't lie. I don't care how you get there. The numbers don't lie. But they kept saying, well, she's not showing the work. She's not showing the work. But the answer's right. Yeah, but that's how the numbers lie. Because if you can manipulate the other parts of it and still get to that number, how does it, how does it make sense? And my thing is, I can put up 10 fingers and know where 10 is at. Right. And this new math... And I can't even I can't even really explain it to kind of justify it why it doesn't work or why mm -hmm. it does work. It's so foreign from how you were taught, which makes so much sense. It's so much literal sense that to to implement something else that deviates from that. You know what I mean? It just it, I I listen. I'm with you 100. percent Like I said, I felt like a fucking idiot. Until I got the concept. But once I got the concept, I compared it to what I knew. Because if I did it my way, we still got the same answer. Right. But when we handed out in our work, it was like, well, this is wrong because you didn't do it the new way. And I was like, but the answer's right. 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 Um, I think we spoke about it before, but the way that they teach in... Japan, it wasn't test-based. And right. they found that because they didn't give away so many tests during those formative years in the beginning of you know a child's development, right. that they did better because they had more time to, I guess, develop. And it wasn't based on... Pass or fail? Yeah. I can see that. And but they actually, remember, we live in a society where no one wants to lose. 
That's the society we live in. Where no one wants to experience loss. And for me, until you learn how to lose, you'll never appreciate winning. Yeah, but we also have other things that you have to learn how to win. True. But in order to learn how to win, you have to lose. You can't be in a society where everyone gets a trophy just for participating. Yeah, but I I don't think that the the focus more so is on the path of how you win, the the repetitions of winning. Um, I think that a lot of stuff goes in with it with just not being in the game. Like, you know, um, like you say, you have to learn how to lose, yeah, but you also have to learn how to practice. You also have to learn how to discipline yourself to keep that type of routine going. Right. You also know, the way it is now, whether it's sports or regardless, it's like they don't want kids to experience loss because they feel like their ego or their, their, their mental state is too fragile. But my thing is like, I play games with my kids. I don't let them win. Because my thing is, it goes back to what we were saying with them giving us all these things that we didn't ask for. We're not winning. Just because they gave it to us and it looked like a perceived victory? No, you're not winning. You didn't win if they gave you something you didn't ask for. Right, right. And even if you did ask for it and they just freely gave it to you and you didn't earn it, you're not winning. Right. So people must understand that it's okay to lose. It's okay to come in second. What you do when you lose, you come in second, you come back and you try harder. The mindset of a lot of things have to change because if we don't, we all going to lose. Two G's in the party, yo. This Lebanon thing feels a little funny. Feels a little funny. That shit looked funny. Did you did you see the, the actual I've seen the video. I've seen many different angles, uh, different recordings of people who were recording it, and something something's not right. Something's not right. Gee, are we at war? It feels like it, because right after that, there was a couple of other. Explosions. Explosions. I'm throwing up the quotation signs with my hand that they didn't even um, report on. Report on like they reported on this Lebanon shit. So it seems like there's been another war started, and we just haven't been told about it yet. They were trying to convince us that this whole explosion was fireworks. Fireworks, and then they tried to explain to us that it was a. Um, a gas or something that they had there at the ports that was there and it caught on fire and blew up. But that really looked like a fucking nuke. It looked... It had, a, it had like a, a, a mushroom-ish cloud to it. Um, there's been reports that from certain angles, you see an X-16 in the picture. There was reports that certain types of planes were yeah. flying over. over it right before it happened 
So I, I don't know. Something, something's, something's fishy about that. Man. Look, this is a little bit above our pay grades. This is definitely above our pay grade. We won't act to seem like we are knowledgeable about all this type of stuff. But what I will say, say is, is that shit look fishy. Because one thing we are knowledgeable in is seeing some bullshit when they're telling us it's apple pie. Yeah, you're not. That gonna, ain't no apple pie. Yeah, you're not. That's gonna, some bullshit. You're not gonna piss on me and tell me it's raining. Nah, you're definitely not. Who you think you are, huh, Kelly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's telling me no. <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> um, like you said, that technically is above our pay grade, but something's not right. Yeah, um, it, it seems like. Even in the midst of a pandemic, and I love saying pandemic, every the world is still spinning. The world hasn't stopped. You go back to there's rumors that it may have been connected in some sorts to the Ghislaine Maxwell thing, that whole gigantic network of fucking perverts. Well, you know what? They say, and like we say, you follow the money, you'll follow the root of the problem. Well, you know whose bank was there? Those guys. Those guys. I'm not even going to say their name, but those guys. That shit got obliterated. Yeah, so prayers out to Lebanon. Without question. Yeah, just it just felt, it felt bad. It felt, it felt really bad because um, it didn't feel like that was... An accidental nah. explosion. Nah. That did not... Because even the ones that they showed after that looked similar to that one. Yeah. That's the crazy part. So if you look at the, all the explosions that happened after that, they all looked similar with the red cloud first and then the white cloud after. They all looked similar to that one and had the same mushroom-esque... Yeah. Uh, uh, plume and aftershock. Now, as a New Yorker, first thing came to my mind is 9-11. And it's August now. And 9-11's coming. And 9-11's coming. We celebrate each other now. We celebrate, like, life. And we need to get to celebrating life. And, like, you know, 9-11, it is what it is. It happened. I'm not trying to minimalize it. But, you know... For me, and I can only speak for me, to say that you know I'm gonna go and 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 and, and stand there and cry and let them bring it. Why am I going to? That's like torturing yourself. Yeah, psychology-wise, I don't get that. I, I understand it that you don't want people to forget the person that was taken from your life. If that person means, if that person meant what it was supposed to mean to you, you will never forget. You don't need somebody to remind you. Not to forget. Life can be taken away from you in a snap of a finger. And Lebanon proved that. Two G's in a pot. That's our time, good people. Once again, it is the infamous Iron Glenn. And to my left, we're sitting who? Goldfinger. What up, G? Thank y'all for tuning in. Follow us, hit us up, check us out. Two G's in a pot. Two G's in a pot.